right. Wow. I stand before us with a message for the family this morning. It's a message on trials, going through trials, how to weather the storm, how to come out the other side of this better than we went into it. And I realized this week in preparing this message that I have carried my whole life as a pastor the burden for you to weather trials. Because how you face trials will determine your walk with the Lord. Anyone can follow Christ when things are going easy. But learning to encounter Christ in the middle of trials is the make it or break it issue for every one of us. You know, when Jesus gave the parable of the four soils, the, the one soil was the one where the sun came up with its scorching heat and, and dried up the young sprout. And, it, and Jesus said that represents those that do not survive trials. I'm telling you, this virus has been like a sun with scorching heat that has come against not just us, but all people. And for the first time in my life, I'm able to bring a message to you knowing that every one of you are going through a trial at the same time. Every other time when I preach on trials, and I do this at least six times a year, in one way or another, I don't label it, oh, I'm preaching on trials now, but I, I do this periodically throughout the year because this is a make it or break it issue. But every other time, I sense that 10%, maybe 15% of the church is in the middle of a trial. But today, as I stand before us, we're all in a trial. At the same time, it's hitting us in different ways, but you and I are all being tested. And I want to bring to us a scripture. Two verses from the Old Testament and two verses from the New Testament. Now here it is in the, in the Old Testament. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Now that's from the Old Testament. Now let me read it from the New Testament. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Now did you notice any difference between the Old Testament reading and the New Testament? There is none. It's identical. It's frankly one of the few verses that are quoted identically Old Testament to New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. In the New Testament, it's Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. And I hope today God gives you a new best friend. And before we are completely out the other side of this COVID-19 test, and frankly, we're going to be feeling 
if not the physical effects, the financial effects of this for a long time. But before we come out the other side, I want to give you where I'm, I'm preaching today, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. Please put these in your brain, put them in your, in your uh, handheld device, mark it in your Bible if you've got a Bible with you this morning, and come back to it for many weeks yet to come. Now, every trial lies to us. Every trial lies to us in many ways. Because a trial is only intended for a season, and during that season, life seems ugly. Everything seems ugly during that trial. And that circumstance lies to us in several different ways. First of all, it tells us, I'm not accepted by God, or why would this be happening? Now notice, right away, that lie is intercepted. Because the scripture says, my son. And the whole context of these verses is written to, from the father to us as his children. The son, the daughter of God. And I want to just say to you, some of you have faced extreme testing during these days. And you may think, man, if I was right with God, this would not have happened. He must have rejected me. Or why would I be going through this at this time? That is exactly what the devil wants you to believe. The fact is, you are irrevocably adopted into God's family. You are his daughter. You are his son. And don't ever forget that, that promise that says nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. So I give to you the promise from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5, the blessing of acceptance. Don't allow this trial to drive a wedge between you and God. Don't allow it to happen. God is testing you. And you may think, well, everyone in the world is going through this, but I am going through it worse than anyone else, or worse than most. It, this is not about everyone in the world. God is an infinite God, and he loves you as if you were the only one. And don't think for a moment that God is a generic God and gives generic love to generic children. God is a personal God, and he gives love to you and to me. And nothing will separate you from that love. You are his son and his daughter, and God wants you to know that during the time of testing. Now, the second lie that comes during a time of testing is the idea, I'm not protected. Somehow, I'm out from under God's protection. And we've all felt insecure over how, how far does God's protection extend. Sometimes he protects us from the virus, 
And sometimes he'll protect us in the virus. Sometimes he'll protect us from uh, being laid off from work. And sometimes he'll protect us while being laid off from work. You see, God is not a one-size-fits-all God. And you and I do not need to doubt for a moment the protection of God. Whether you get the virus or not, that's not the issue. Whether God's with you is the issue. And don't allow anything or the fear of anything to lie to you and convince you that you are out from under God's protection. Now, the third lie is similar. I'm not loved. I'm not loved. But listen, this shows, it, it deals with this so beautifully. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Now, there it is again, the one. It completely takes a trial out of the generic and makes it personal. God wants you to know that you're the one he loves. You're the one he loves in the middle of the trial that you're facing. And it says he chastises every son whom he receives. Now, the, the fourth lie that often comes during a trial is the lie that says, I'm not significant. In other words, I've been overlooked. God's got more important problems to deal with uh, around the world than to worry about little old me. I still hear people say that. Um, church family, can we eliminate that from our vocabulary? Can we take hold of the fact that when Jesus Christ chose us to be born again, that he gave life to us, and that life he gave to us for a reason, and it's because we are special to him. We are his workmanship. You've been chosen, and God is not going to give up on you. The moment he chose you in Christ, he blessed you in Christ with every blessing you could imagine. It will take us all eternity to figure out all the blessings that God has given to us. So these two verses deal with the four primary lies that come to us during a trial. Now, before these verses, there's the example of Jesus. Let me read to us Hebrews 12, 3 and 4. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, have you not yet resisted, or I'm sorry, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, what's the, what's the comparison? It's the comparison between me and Jesus. Jesus, when he resisted sin, he fought so hard that in the Garden of Gethsemane, as you know, he actually sweat drops of blood. And here we come to this ultimate example of Jesus Christ. That was the dark time for Jesus. That was his trial. 
that was far more than the temptation he faced at the beginning of his ministry in the wilderness when he had to face in the Garden of Gethsemane the thought of becoming a sin sacrifice. That was the ultimate trial and test that Jesus faced. And he actually resisted sin and the thought of relinquishing his call to go to the cross with such intensity, with such passion, with such single-mindedness that he actually sweat drops of blood. It's a medical term for it is hemohydrosis. It's when you're under such stress that you actually, your, your sweat glands burst, sweating so quickly, and when they burst, they bleed. And that's where the blood came out from Jesus. This happens in wartime. It's been documented countless times. But this is Jesus. He is our example. And the, the key thing, Jesus never lost consciousness that he was accepted as the son. He never lost the fact that he was being protected even going to the cross. He never lost consciousness of being loved, and he never lost the significance of his mission, except when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And at that moment was the rupturing between the Father and the Son. It was the ultimate expression of love. The unthinkable happened when there was damage done in the heart of God. But that's the extent, the example that Jesus set for us when we face trials. Now, after these two verses, there's an explanation. It says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons and daughters. For what son is there that a father doesn't discipline? The only son that a father doesn't discipline is an illegitimate child and not a real son. And then it says, how much more should we submit to the testing that we're going through and submit, listen to this, to the Father of Spirits. Now, that, that phrase never made sense to me before yesterday. I was thinking, Lord, I've got to preach on this tomorrow. What in the world? Father of Spirits. This is the only place in the Bible you'll find God referred to as Father of Spirits. But here's the deal. This is so beautiful. Now, this does not mean that God has many spirits. There is uh, two scriptures that actually refer to the sevenfold spirit of God, but we know there's one Holy Spirit. So when it says here, the Father of spirits, what this is referring to is not the Holy Spirit. This is to your spirit and my spirit and your spirit and everyone's spirit. He's the Father of your spirit. Now, now, I want you to think about this. When you were born again, what was born again? Your spirit. And now, you're the father, parents, your spirit. Now, 
your outward circumstances may lie to you during a trial and tell you you're not accepted, you're not blessed, you're not protected, you're not uh, loved, you're not forgiving. It can tell you all those lies. But don't listen to the circumstances. Listen to the voice of the Father speaking to your spirit. And I guarantee you, the Father is telling you, you're my daughter. I'm never going to reject you. I'm with you. I will pro protect you. Of course I'll protect you. I'll look out for you. He's the Father of your spirit. And it's in your spirit that God's talking to you. And it's in your spirit that God wants you to hear from him. Now, we've seen the example. We've seen the explanation. And finally, verse 12, we come to the exhortation. We need a good exhortation. We've all been tried. We've been tested. Here's the exhortation. Therefore, lift your drooping hands. Strengthen your weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Now, just think about that. Just think about that. God bless that person. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But here's the exhortation. When it says, lift up your drooping hands, what it means is, Get back, to, get back to normal. It means you got there's stuff to do. Don't think this is this is the end of the world. Don't think this trial that you're going through is, is somehow disqualifying you. Get back at it. Now I'm not talking about the reopening of our country. I'm not, I'm not making it all a political statement. What I'm telling you is. It's been amazing to me to, to see some of the brilliant uh, creations of some of our people while on, um, in isolation. It's been incredible. Um, the crafty people, the artsy-fartsy group, they, they've come out of the woodwork. Have you seen some of the creations of our, of our people? It, it's been impressive. But, but if you've allowed the, the funk of this virus to somehow shut you down and think this is a terminal uh, illness on the world, i got news for you, it's not. And, and the Lord says to you, lift up your dripping hands. And when it says, strengthen your weak knees, it's another exhortation. Come on, get moving. Get back at it. And then make straight paths for your feet. Now, straight paths. A trial is not a good time to make a major change. Sometimes we, we allow the enemy to intimidate us. Oh, things have to change. Well, <clears throat> the change that needs to happen is inside of you inside of me. And when it says make straight paths for your feet, it's the Lord saying, just do what's in front of you and you'll be fine. 
take care of one day at a time, one responsibility, and the Lord will look after you. Then it says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. What this is referring to is both our vertical relationship with God, holiness, and our horizontal relationships, peace. And God wants us in these days to protect relationships to protect our friendships, as well as cultivating a growing intimacy with God. And then the, the final and the big kataboom at the end of these verses, verse 15, and see to it, see to it, above everything else, see to it, that no one fails to receive or obtain the grace of God. Because if you fail to receive the grace of God in the trial, a root of bitterness potentially will grow up in you, and by that root of bitterness, many have been defiled. Now, church family, please listen carefully here. The exhortation that sits on top of every trial is will you get bitter or will you get better? Will you allow the trial to drive a wedge in your spirit and disqualify you from your usefulness with God or will you allow that trial to develop godly character in you and make you appreciate the love of God for you more than ever? You know, when our church was started, we started in Lilburn Middle School, just down the street, about a mile and a half. And one day they showed up at the school auditorium and the piano was off key. And it turned out they lifted up the back and it turned out a plant that some kid gave his teacher had fallen down in the back of the piano and was growing. And it had huge roots that were wrapped around the piano wires and completely distorting the sound of the piano. That's a picture of a root of bitterness that distorts the sound, the, the, the melody of life. What's the antidote for bitterness? Grace. You see, bitterness is, I did not get what I deserved. That's bitterness. I didn't get what I deserved. I didn't get what I, I deserved better. I didn't get what I deserved. That's bitterness. Grace is, wow, I got what I didn't deserve. How do you want to live? You want to go through life from now on saying, I didn't get what I deserved. Or do you want to go through life saying, I got what I didn't deserve. I got the love of God. I got the grace of God. Look at what I got. Look at what I got. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Church family, I want every one of you to succeed in your walk with God. I want you to come out the other end of this thing, out of this trial, better than you came into it. And the key is how you respond to trial. Whether you encounter the Father of Spirits during the trial, and whether or not you receive the grace of God for you. Do not compare yourself to anyone else. Don't say, why can't I have that? Wait, look at them, they don't have what, 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 they're not going through what I'm going through. Brothers and sisters, I've got four children. They're all married, so now I have eight children. I don't treat any of the eight the same because they're not the same. Some parents submit to the intimidation of children who say, it's not that. It's not that. It's not fair. Well, when my kids would tell me it's not fair, I'd call their bluff. I'd say, you're right. It's not fair. Nothing's fair. You're not like your brother. You're not like your sister. Don't tell me to treat you like them because you're not them. I can give a gift at some time to one and not the other and not worry about it. I can discipline one without disciplining everybody sometimes because they're all not the same. And your loving Father treats you exactly the same way. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I'm almost done. I've got to ask you. I've got to ask you. If you can recognize any bitterness in your spirit today, any bitterness, any attitude where you've said, how come they got it better than me? If you've compared yourself to someone else, if you felt any of that entitlement or unfair, unjust weights and measures and judgments against others or, or feeling like God has cheated you in some way, would you be honest right now? Because I want to lead you. If you're the only one, I want to lead you to get rid of that bitterness and receive grace. I want us all to bow our heads right now, please, all across the, the grounds. There's a time to open our eyes, but I'm going to ask us to close them. Because I'm going to ask you, church family, to do something right now. And that is, if you have recognized any bitterness in your life these days, would you just quietly raise your hand, wherever you're seated, in your car, through your tinted windows, just raise your hand. Any bitterness? Any bitterness? Just go ahead and raise it. Father God, we recognize it. We grab it. And we throw it out. We throw it out. In Jesus' name. And Lord, underneath is a wound. There's a wound there. In my spirit, I can see wounds all around the ground. There's a wound there that's never been healed. And Father, I pray your healing grace, your parental care ministry right now, Lord, right now. Right now, Lord. Lord, I see you putting your hand inside that wound. Lord, we 
remove the lies that are stuck inside that womb. The lies, I'm not accepted. I'm not protected. I'm not loved. I'm not special to God. Lord, we repent. We expose them. We open them up. And Lord, we speak truth. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Go ahead and say it. I'm your daughter. Say it. Say it out loud. I'm your daughter. I am protected. I am loved. I am significant. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray right now that you would rain. Lord, we, I've been praying all week against rain, but right now I'm praying for rain. A, a Holy Spirit rain all over these realms. The rain of the grace of God. Rain down 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 grace of God. Heal the wounds. Heal the wounds. Heal the wounds. Lord, we bind that spirit of bitterness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pull it up by the roots and we throw it out. You be gone, you spirit of bitterness in Jesus' name. You go to the feet of Jesus, never to return to me again. I, I, I receive forgiveness for ever saying I didn't get what I deserve. Lord, I realize today, hallelujah, I have received what I did not deserve. What I never deserved, I received. Hallelujah. You've given it so much better than I could have ever imagined. And I praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen.